Hello and welcome to ICI Digs Deep, sponsored by Priestress Services Industries, LLC. Checking in on the LaPorte, Indiana Transportation Team, Richard Hedgecock chats with John Kruger, NDOT, Mike Guzik, Lawson Fisher Associates, PC, and Nick Relias, Washington Kelly, Inc. Welcome to the ICI Digs Deep podcast. Today, we're continuing with our series of discussions with the individuals who are running our ITT district level teams. Uh, today, we're focusing on the Laporte district, and we got with us John Kruger, Nick Relias, and Mike Guzik. So, I want to uh, real quick let each of them introduce themselves, and then we'll get into our discussion. John, you want to kick us off? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I'm John Kruger. I've been with NDOT for 17 years. Came up through the ranks here, project engineer from school, project engineer, area engineer, and now I'm the uh, district construction director here in Laporte District. Been 17 very interesting years. A lot of advancements have taken place. And my role uh, with ITT is looking at a construction type perspective in uh, many different aspects of the Indiana transportation team, working with the contracting community. That's awesome. Mike, what do you got for us? Thank you, Richard, for having me. Uh, Mike Guzik, Lawson Fishing Associates, been with them for 17 years. Uh, Vice President, covered down on the uh, transportation and leading that effort here. Uh, with that said, also involved in, as part of the Indiana Transportation Team, work with ACEC and on the board and uh, also on the steering committee. Great. 17 years with your company. John, how long did you say you've been with NDOT? 17 years. <laughs> wow. Interesting. And now we're going to go to Nick Relias, who I'm going to bet has not been there for 17 years. Uh, Nick Relias, Walsh and Kelly, 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, project manager, Walsh and Kelly, heavily involved in all of our MDOT construction and estimating. Been involved in the uh, with ICI and ICA for probably the last 15 years, probably. Okay. Um, Asphalt Pavement Association, uh, the last 18 years, probably. Um, those are all guesstimates. That's probably accurate. Yeah. Well, great. It's great to have you guys here. Um, uh, we were just reminiscing before we started this recording about the, in fact, I think that might have been the last in-person ITT meeting, uh, a large gathering prior to all this happening, the one that we had for the Laporte District, where I was able to secure my Finger Hut peanut butter pie before I left town. Back in the days when you used to shake hands, remember that quaint custom that we used to have of shaking hands and talking face-to-face with one another? Anyway, um, so we're going forward uh, this year, obviously, with all the challenges in front of us and continuing to pursue partnering in, in every possible way. So let's talk about small P partnering. So just relationship building, how that's changed over the last two or three years, uh, maybe the different, um, if you've experienced different levels of commitment from your organizations, both your employers or your associations, just kind of go into that discussion of things have gotten better and where they've gotten better. Nick, why don't you start us off? I can tell you currently, uh, Mike and I are involved in a project, a state project that does not have any partnering. We've been in a utility delay for five months. Is that close, Mike? Oh, I think it's stretching out a little longer than that, Nick. <laughs> But we have a we have a utility coordination meeting 
every Thursday. And we've been doing this, I think, for three months, probably. Everybody joins every week without any uh, anybody being upset. Everyone's just trying to work together to push along. Um, obviously, sometimes people can't make it. The one benefit of the pandemic is everybody can try to make every meeting now with Zooms or with Zoom or Teams, or it makes all these meetings uh, more accessible. You can't say I can't make it because <laughs> they'll just tell you to join virtual instead of you can't just use the old excuse that you know you're too busy to make it. So I do think that partnering has picked up without any any uh, instructions. People are coming to the table trying to work together to get to the to get the outcome that we all want. That's what I've been seeing. A lot of the small resurface jobs, a lot of the issues that we have are being handled at a lower level than usual. So I think Indot's pushing it as well as the contractors to try to get things handled at the lowest level. That's great, Mike. Give us your two cents. Yeah, I would say it's being exhibited by all three legs: Indot, ICI, and the consultant community. I've just—it seems about two years ago when we had our kickoff meeting and the principals met, they kind of reset our environment after KPMG did their roll up and did the big broader presentation. Kind of noticing that the way we engage one another on the jobs and just trying to find more project-centered, best solution for the project. And sometimes you got to give a little to get a little. And I think there's a lot of that going on now on projects that are under construction or in design. I think it's for the better where nobody feels they're getting shorted or if it's something beyond our control, much like the utility relocations going on, we just kind of smile and work our way through it and look for a solution so that we can continue to advance the project and everybody moves forward to the extent possible and then try to find that path of success for everyone. So John, what are you seeing from uh, your viewpoint beyond just the projects these guys are working on? It's kind of interesting. It's two different aspects uh, I'm looking at. One is the partnering that we were uh, setting up where the whole goal with KPMG going through and, and how we structure this. But twofold, it couldn't have happened at a better time as well with the challenges of what has come on recently. I think it was starting around in March with issues going on in our country with COVID and that sort of thing, materials, uh, a lot of uncertainty going on. We really came together as a group and we partnered more than just on a contract level statewide, where it used to be at certain times, you may look at one side and say, "How? what do we do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? When COVID came out, one of the big aspects, and the reason why I'm tying this together is with the Indiana transportation team, everyone came together for solutions. It wasn't one person making a call. We were saying, what do you have in the contract and what do you have in the design world to come together with different solutions. And that's stemming down from the top down where we're yeah. realizing that how do we make a decision on this one job? What can we do for electronic records? What can we do for less contact, if you will? And that goes all the way up to the full program. So it's from the small level right up to the top of how we deal with this. So really the partnering aspects, and that's why I always go back to the partnering ideology or the basis behind it, not just formal but the ideas of coming together for a solution and getting in contact with each other and then going and having another tool available. A lot of us as engineers and that type of mind frame and contractors, sometimes we have a tough time adjusting to technology. That's a problem with me every now and then. Uh, with that, sometimes when you're put into a situation, you're forced to adapt. 
where we did with a lot of teams, Zoom, any video conferencing, that sort of stuff, that has taken off. And it's given us another tool that I didn't know we had at our meeting in February. I mean, it existed, but we really didn't utilize it. I always wanted the face-to-face meetings. I always like that. You get to see people's reactions and that sort of stuff. And it works out a lot better that way in many different cases for both sides, if you will, if you want to say aside. Maybe this isn't as great as in-person meeting, but it's the next best thing that we have. So it allows us to have that one extra. I'm, I'm stealing this from someone else. It allows us to have that one extra conversation to come up with yeah. solutions. Yeah, that's that's Roland, if I'm correct. Well, your, well, I, I have to claim uh, Roland uh, Fagan, <laughs> but I also have to claim uh, uh, Eric Engel King with uh, Reed Riley as well. There we go. That. Okay. You make a really, really good point. So we knew coming out of the rollout and our, our initial gatherings that this whole process would be in everyone's best interest if we were going to deliver the large amounts of work that were going to be coming down the pipeline over the next few years. Then when the COVID crisis occurs, you're right. As I've always said, government responds to a crisis and we had to respond to a crisis and have done so, like you said, through technology and through these conversations. Nick, to your point, progress meetings. Uh, We've seen a huge uptick in participation on progress meetings across the state simply because what you said, there's no excuse. People can't say, oh, I'm not going to get in my car and drive two hours for a 45-minute meeting and two hours back. I waste my whole day for a progress meeting. So there are some things, and I challenged uh, the ICI staff, in fact, with this just last week in our staff meeting. There's not going to be a, we all keep wishing for when normal is going to come back. And normal is not going to come back. And so there are some things as NDOT is experiencing with their own just office space situations in downtown Indianapolis. There are things we're going to take from this crisis and use, and we're going to use them positively. And there are things that we're going to welcome back with open arms. And uh, it's a matter of just adapting to all those things going forward. Pre-stress Services Industries is a full-service structural precast company that provides a low-cost solution to deliver projects on time and on budget with the best-in-class safety and quality for public works and commercial projects. To get in touch, give them a call at 859-402-6063. Let's talk about successes that we've seen. Uh, I want to hear some good practical stories, examples, whether it's a mini success or something larger that you've had, you've experienced this construction season that you can basically tie to uh, our, our better partnering. John, why don't you start us? Oh, boy. Uh, there, there's quite a few of them. A lot, a lot of it just goes back to that one more conversation that we've had. We've had a lot of uh, the, the scary word out in the contracting world and in that world is claims. We've had a lot of claims that really, they turned into change orders because we had a discussion to see which points we do and don't have. And people getting together more, having more conversations to try and isolate what the concerns are from one person's point of view or another. I really can't put a finger on the number or how many, but I know we've had that atmosphere now where we get together, we talk, we don't do the email conversations anymore. That's one of the things I can't stand. 
and I've preached on that forever. And I'm going to, I know everyone's heard this if they've ever heard me talk. Email is confirmation, not conversation. And through the whole process of ITT, we're getting that conversation open. And when we're done, we send the one email at the end. We're not wasting time with a lot of documentation back and forth per se. We get everything figured out. What's a good solution together? You know, you make a great point. We always want to objectify things as much as we can. And in something like this, where there's a lot of subjectivity in it, we may never know or be able to put our thumb on exactly what those successes were. We just know that they're happening because the things that used to happen aren't. Um, Nick, what do you say on this? I'd like to think we have improved safety. I think not only Walsh and Kelly, but involving the people that are in there with us on the roads, the NDOT. Normally, we would not have a conversation with NDOT of, you know, exactly what we're doing and where we're going each day. You know, they kind of follow us everywhere, but we've been trying to involve them before we get going to let them know where we're going, how far we're going to go and, you know, where the danger spots are going to be. I think a lot of those conversations should have happened over the last 20 years, that, but they never did. And I think now with us making a concert, you know, an effort to try to involve everybody in what's going to happen, and we've been trying to improve safety. Right. Right. That's good. Mike? This construction season has been interesting for a lot of reasons. Obviously, COVID-19 has played a role in it. Yet, uh, recently I had a project they're in a structure, realized that they read the structure table wrong and the inverts are off and they need to open it on traffic to, on Friday. And it's kind of you know, working through that solution collectively to identify, okay, what can the contractor do and getting everybody to buy in so they can get it back open to the traffic for the traveling public. And then in turn, we can go ahead and give them the updated dimensions for the next time they're back out on the job and get a different structure in there at a different location, but still meets the objective for what we're doing here. And then this afternoon, a bridge rehabilitation that continues to, with the rehabilitation efforts expanding, uh, and just calling up all three of us will talk through courses of action because the contractors look, he's probably got his crew booked for someplace else. And this project stretching out is a problem for him. Got it. Because he was looking to get done already. Yeah, scheduling. Right. And so there's just, and I think that occurred with our collective efforts on the steering committee in better understanding each perspective, not having that dialogue with Nick directly or John, and, and better understanding everyone's role in our process and what is important to them. But in comparison, they're also understanding what we know and what we don't know at the project and how a project goes through the system. Yeah, right. I'm just, I'm, I continue to be thrilled about the point that Nick made at the very beginning about involvement in progress meetings, the fact that we can actually have designers more involved throughout the whole process to learn, and we're all learning from one another on how these things go, and that can then only, only better inform us going forward on other projects. So, NDOT has done a great job in putting out some of the uh, stage two constructability information. It's a slow rollout. We're slowly getting more and more projects each time put out there for people to look at. It's interesting. I had uh, someone from the department say, we're not getting any responses. We're putting this stuff out there. We're not getting any responses. I tell them, hey, take that as good news, right? They're not seeing anything that they want to complain about. So can you think of any other things that we should be working on, putting out there that's, that have come from your groups? Uh, we know that we're going forward with formal partnering. We know that the constructability review is starting to happen. 
What are some of the other things that are coming up that you all have discussed? I know that scoring has come up from some of our other groups. What are some of the other things that uh, you all feel like we need to be tackling? Um, Nick? Everybody wants improved safety. The design side is adding more safety measures in on a lot of the uh, contracts that we're bidding. I mean, they're adding walls. I mean, they're listening. I think that's a big thing that all three legs are listening to each other. That's great. When they see it, I mean, walls expensive, but a life is priceless. Yeah. There's, but there's just a lot. I mean, there's more phasing. I mean, there's just, I think there's a lot more information being gathered to make everything safer. I mean, I can go back and tell you that, you know, in the late nineties, we were on the toll road paving and we had a cone protected us. Then it got upgraded to a barrel and how excited we got. <laughs> a barrel was now protected us. You, know, you look at it now, fast forward to 2020, I wouldn't want to be out there without a wall. That's 30 years, you know, we've gone from eight or 10 pound traffic cone protecting us from 70 mile an hour traffic to a wall. I mean, that's more than night and day. So we've seen a big change with the department on safety and the fact that they have now made basically any change orders related to safety items and equipment, as they say, asteriskable things that uh, will not be counted against the project. And that's been a huge, a huge change of mindset with everybody involved. And we continue to push on that. And and you're right, with the design manual changes that have been made, now the design community, Mike, is starting to put a larger emphasis on safety at the front end. So we don't have to have these change orders going forward. You want to jump into that? Yeah, that came out from... You know, at the highest level, I, I had the good fortune to sit in the INDOC committee with ACEC and listening. And it was in our period here a couple of years ago where worker safety was, there were some fatalities and wanting to do a better job. And direction was, is look at closure and, and does that fit? Uh, particularly on a lot of these much smaller scale projects and be willing to endure the pain for the brief uh, inconvenience. Make sure you have your local access provisions in there, but redirect the traffic where at all possible. Now that doesn't fit on all projects because just particularly as you get into Lake County, it's a it's just a struggle in every scenario. It doesn't take much to upset that apple cart. So we have to look at different measures and a lot of times it's a lot of phasing, but worker safety is important and remains important for the success of all. Because designers, we do feel that sense of responsibility when something goes south on your project. Yep. Whether intentional or unintentional. Enclosures, more wall. We've seen a lot on alternate routes. We know there needs to be much work done um, on beefing up shoulders so we can do some more of this sort of thing. Crossovers even. All these things continue to be discussed and brought back and uh, we're excited at ICI about those changes happening. It's sometimes a stop and start, and sometimes there are certain things that go quickly and others that are a little more incremental. But, but to Nick's point, it's correct, and I tell people this all the time. If I had work zone safety at the top of my agenda every month at my board meeting, we would never talk about anything else in our allotted time because it's the most important thing to our uh, members. Well, that's been, I mean, 10 years ago, that's a wholesale mindset shift for where we were. Right. I mean, because before I was always calculating user costs and, and it was just, yeah, it was a painful exercise as a designer. It, that's correct. And it's funny as you had a really good point there, Mike, in this world, it used to be from a public policy standpoint, the concern was about taxpayer return and it has become about traveling public inconvenience. It's the same group of people. 
but we're looking at it differently. And now we're starting to see that pendulum swing back as the understanding that all the distractions that people have while they're driving and all of those things play so much into our delivery of projects and doing it in a safe manner. So, John. Uh, on the topic of safety with Indiana Transportation Team, there's, there's a couple of points. We, yes, we are focused on worker safety. That's a major part of it, too. But uh, another part is how many people we have in a work zone of how they're working. Can we have them in more safe environments and cabs and, and vehicles and, and that sort of stuff versus people that are fully exposed uh, working on our job sites, how we can manage that better. But we also have to consider the millions of travelers or customers that we have in Indiana that go through our work zones. So we have worker safety. We have work zone safety. Uh, we've got a lot of tools that have come out of a lot of these gatherings, whether it's local enforcement officers on jobs or the state police ISP patrols, which are phenomenal. We've had a lot of assistance from Hoosier Helper as well up in uh, the Lake County, Porter County area. One of the things that we can do better on, hopefully in the future, that would be a discussion that we can have is how we set up our work zones from the beginning, making sure that we have the right taper lengths, the right amount of wall, the right uh, for what we need for that zone to get people through as safely as possible and safety for the public, safety for our workers. We can have all the tools in the world that are given to us, wall, attenuator trucks, Q trucks. All that sort of good stuff. If you have all those tools, but you don't know how to use them or you're not using them correctly, that's a very critical thing that we could have where something could go wrong. Yeah. So that, that's one thing is, is we also want to know what tools are available with technology advancing every day. We can't rely on one part of this, as Nick said, three-legged stool earlier, where we have three different pillars supporting the chair that we can't depend on just one leg to say, this is what we can and can't use and go through. We need to look at ideas from all around. And with Indiana Transportation Team, it seems like we're more receptive to a lot of other ideas from different areas. And I'm trying to speak for the group here. If anyone wants to uh, chime in on that, please do so. But I think from every area, it's a lot more ideas are coming in and knowing what is and isn't available for certain areas. Guys, do you want to chime in? This would be a good way to close us out. I just think it's it's great that we all have got a you know, a mechanism to all intermingle amongst each other, learn about each other. I can tell you, I had no idea what 60% plans were. <laughs> I would have thought that they were pretty close to being done. And I've found out now that there's not much meat to them involved in building the roadside to see what the road actually looks like. So it was interesting for me to know, I had no idea what stage two was and, and just learning about, you know, those sides and different, looking at something from the, you know, the other side of the table has been great. And if it wasn't for ITT, we'd still be on opposite sides of the table and, you know, on, on a square table instead of a round table. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's really important. I think that over time, as we all got used to a new world where, Email and texting was the way that we were communicating. Uh, losing that back and forth of conversation was a problem and became a problem. And now that we are doing that, even if it's like this or if it's in person or just picking up the telephone, I think encouraging people to continue to have that back and forth rather than the one way, as John described, the email conversations that aren't really conversations. That's the way we're going to solve a lot of this stuff. Mike? Yeah, I, the one thing that kind of contributes to us is some level of familiarity in that we were meeting in person well before. Yeah. And virtual meetings never going to take place of the human touch. 
And so because of that familiarity, we're much more comfortable with one another and freely exchanging ideas. Somebody else noticed this when we were doing a panel session somewhere else or something through Zoom. And there was probably about eight of us in this group, but there was one guy who hadn't necessarily been wasn't familiar with the rest of the group in that session. And all of a sudden, it just it became very apparent. And it's very difficult to establish rapport and that human, those human elements in these virtual settings and, and trying to extend that olive leaf or reach out yeah. and bring them into the conversation. So taking that extra effort to pull them in, because let's face it, virtual meetings are here to stay. Yeah. They've just become part of our business. And that'll be an important takeaway for all of us. You're singing my tune. That's something I've been saying the last few weeks is right now this all works because we know one another and we can have some shorthand. But as turnover occurs and we've got new people sitting in different chairs and that shorthand is no longer there, is this going to, are we going to be as successful? So you're right. Virtual meetings are not going to go away, but we've got to have some of that in-person stuff going forward. John, any final words? All I can say is, remember, build roads and bridges on relationships. No names. You don't have to know titles. And when I say that, the reason why is I build a road with Nick or design with Mike. I don't necessarily know titles very well. I don't really need to because I know the person behind it. And that's really how you're going to have a successful job is knowing each and everybody out there and know them by name. That's great. We'll lose that as our close. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank you again to our guests, Richard Hedgecock, Nick Relias, Mike Guzik, and John Kruger, as well as our sponsor, Pre-Stress Services Industries, LLC. To learn more about Pre-Stress, give them a call at 859- 402-6063. Join us every Friday during your morning commute to hear safety talks, member spotlights, and inside information about the infrastructure and transportation construction industry. This has been ICI Digs Deep. Let's break ground together. Together.